dumb, dumb leanness, but a group that sort of helps out week in and week out that we don't really say much. But Hannah, Martin, and Stephen take care of the sound and the word stuff there that back in the back. So I, I appreciate them. So they're sort of unsung heroes, and they do it week in and week out. And I mention it because I appreciate them. I mention it as well, though, because there's a few of you that could step up and help alongside them so they're not having to do it every week. I know they haven't ever said a word to me that they mind being back there or doing it. They just go and do it. But if, if you would like to help with the words or with the sound, you, you may not know much about it, uh, I'd like to get them some help. So um, keep, keep that in mind. I think don't just come here and, and just say you're supposed to be here just to sit. But I think a lot of times we're supposed to serve in, in ways that we can, and that may be a good way for you. So you got it? So talk to me after um, the service tonight. It's um, interesting, Jonathan shared what he shared there at the end. Uh, I've got written in my notes here, and I want to ask you this. What do you expect out of tonight? When you come to youth group, what do you expect? Because I think a lot of times we are just in the run of the day, and we're, we're just get, I just made it. It's a good thing. Hey, listen, it's just a good thing I made it here tonight. Um, but now that you're here, what do you expect out of here? And let me tell you what I expect. I expect God to move in a mighty, mighty way. And and uh, and you go, well, that's awful um, bold of you to expect God to do that. But if I don't look for God to move, I will never see Him move. If I do not expect Him to move, and it's not because I'm an amazing speaker, because I'm not. It's because His Word is amazing. His truth is amazing. His love is amazing. And when we approach this stuff, we can't help, when we really look at it for what it is, we can't help but being changed and being moved. So I hope that you're here tonight and you go, you know what? I expect God to move tonight. I hope you don't come here and go, well, it's just a youth service and we just do do youth stuff. You know what? Every week, come in here ready to see God move. I'm ready to see God move first in me before I even see Him move in you. I need to see Him move in me. I want to move in you too, but Lord, give me, give me something. You ever get that feeling? Am I alone? Are you here? Okay. Who here likes to be approved of? Approval. Who here likes your parents' approval? Some, some are like, yeah. Who here likes your teacher's approval? Youth pastor's approval? It's getting thinner. Your friends' approval. God's? Approval. We're going to talk about that tonight. God's having God's approval. What does it take to really have His approval? Him to approve you. And you know, what? approval is very important. I um, I've got a, a little story. I had a few that I could share on this, but this, this is one that wasn't um, that old. Have you all met our little Maylee, our little a- Asian girl? We adopted about a, a a year ago. She is in our home. She's part of our household. She was meant to be there from day one. And we are so blessed to have her. Three years before that, this is almost two years before we even came here to serve on staff, God had put on our hearts to adopt. And um, one of the scariest things that occurred wasn't the beginning of the process of adoption, but was telling my mom and dad that we were going to adopt. Because we didn't just know. We, were, we had three kids of our own already, and they thought we, we were nuts for that. Because life is already like this. And, um, and so then I remember being on the dock and I said, Hey, Dad, uh, just want to let you know we're going to adopt from China. <clears throat> and my dad, he's a redneck of sorts. Not like a bigot redneck, but um, just a, a man of the woods. And uh, he didn't say much. He went, oh. That's all I got. <laughs> but you know what? We were so convinced, and it, it was okay because I knew God had worked on my heart. Uh, my prayer was that God would work on theirs. But even if He didn't, I knew that God, 
wanted us to adopt her. Well, it came down, we didn't know who she was for, for two and a half years. We just knew we were supposed to adopt and the process was, was going. We got near when we found out her name and who she was going to be and when we were going to go on the trip. And it sort of can cost a lot of money to adopt. And, and, but we had, money had come in in ways we, we never dreamed of. And so um, about two weeks before we, um, we were supposed to go on the trip, the money was getting tight. Sweetie, don't start crying or nothing. Because you're going to make me cry. The money was getting tight, and we were, our bank account was r- r- running out. We knew, okay, if we get a loan, we'll get a loan for the rest of it. And uh, out of the blue, my mom and dad gave us a card with money. A, a few grand. It was actually, we were a little more than a grand short, and it was two grand in the, in the check, out of the blue. But that wasn't the important part. In the card, it said, we are so proud of what you're doing, and we support you all the way. And I remember going, ah, the approval. It was, a, it was a stamp from a mom and dad that said, we're behind you. We, it took them a while, I think, but they got on board and they approved of us. And it, it really just gave a lot of strength for me. Sorry to be such a sap. I'm turning into Jack. Um, ooh, you're going you're, you're to start to, to a stu, stu, stutter in school. Um, and we, um, I was just, just, I really just, it felt... Awesome. And so when I come to this passage we're going to be at tonight, it's in Second Timothy chapter two, and it's, it's being a, a workman approved by God. And my parents, it's important for I like it when they approve of what I've done in my life. But how much more important do I want God to approve? of what I do. And I hope when, when you come here, you look at that and go, okay, do I really want God's approval in my life? Because it, there's some things that's going to, to cost you. T- take a look at this in verse um, Second Timothy. And I've got some Bibles that are in the inside aisle. If you're on the outside right here of this aisle, there's some, some Bibles beneath your chair. If you can pass them down that way. We use these all the time. It, and, uh, and let me do one more thing here. These are ones that are to use in here. But listen, I've, if you do not have one, or you can't find yours, um, not like if you've got, got five of them, you can't. But if you don't have one, see me. I will give you one tonight. It's free. I want you to have this. I want you to read the Word of God. I want you to know it. If you're going to be a, a work, you don't need another one. Um, if you're going to be a, a workman approved by God, you've got to have His Word. Okay. Second Tim- Timothy. Chapter 2. And I don't know if y'all got the bold part that says a workman, a worker approved by God. But start in verse 15 here. Okay? It says this. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. Now girls, let me ask you this. I know y'all do this, but on your, on your wedding day, you envision it Envision it as you come out and you're in cut-off blue jeans, a flannel shirt that's three sizes too big, your hair's in sort of knots, your makeup doesn't exist or is all smeared. Is that your dream? Wedding? It's not, guys, is that your dream? Woman, this is the woman you're going to be with all your life. Amen. You're, yeah, okay, well, still. That's a good, good answer, Bishop. I'll ask you if that ever does occur, how, how you feel. Now, no, you want to... The bride wants to look her best. 
It is her best day. The day is all about her. And she wants to look amazing. Why? Because she's prideful? No, she's presenting herself as a gift to her husband. She wants to look her best. Men, you want her to just... You do want her to look amazing for her day, but... Man, you and that's right. She's mine. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right? That's what you want. I remember my wedding day. I was, I was cool as all get out months before going to get, get married. I, I was set. That morning I got in the shower and almost began to throw up. Um, because it sort of hit me. This is the day. And I felt sick. I don't know if I told my wife this until much, 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 much later. I felt dead, deathly ill even as they walked me out in front of the church. Okay. Now, just just a side note. I had my groomsmen were were making bets how many times I would I would stutter during my vows, and I, I told them that I wouldn't stutter and I didn't. Bam. And anyways, so I walk out and I'm just I think I'm just like sweating to death, dying. And I look out and they open up the doors and there's is my wife to be, looking amazing, and everything fell away. I mean, I, I, it was like, oh yeah. I'm ready, you know. So, so we, when it, look in verse 15 again. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. Just like a bride would present to her, her husband, herself, and men, you need to look good too. Alright, don't you need to wipe the snot off your nose and stuff. You know, that's how we're supposed to present ourselves to God as one approved. A worker has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Now, what does that mean to rightly handle the word of truth. What this phrase means is this. It does the phrase of a guy on a plow, with a plow, oxen in front. He's going. When he plows, does he plow like, 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 like this? Ooh yeah, baby. Ooh yeah, baby. No, it's straight line, right? You're not going to get a whole lot in a field if you plow like this the whole time. Much less crops if you do that. But if you go straight line, you get a lot more in there. It's like a guy who does bricks on a house. Have you ever seen a house with bricks that go like this? Like the rows? It's really not good. You don't want to get a bricklayer who lays bricks that sort of flow. It's usually, you want it nice and straight. And what it's talking about is who rightly handles the word of truth. What's the word of truth? The Bible, good. The word of truth. Rightly handles it. And know what? If you go out and plow for the first time, you've never done it before. You think you're always going to do straight lines? No, it's going to be like this. If you try to do bricks and do a wall of a house, you think it's going to be nice and level? Every no, it's going to look like crap, right? It's going to look bad. But the more you do it, the more you do it, the straighter it will get. The more you get into the word, the more you will handle it the right way. Are are you with me? No, but we're listening. Okay, verse 16. Let, let, let's go on. But avoid irreverent bab, 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 babble, for it will lead pe- people into more and more ungodliness. God, and their talk will spread like gangrene. That's just like a, a wound, sword, bacteria, amputation, bad stuff. <laughs> Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus. Who, and these are, he's just names two names who have swerved from the truth. They've gone away from the word of truth, saying that the resurrection has already hap- happened. Uh, they are upsetting the faith of son. They, they, they're saying that G- Jesus has already come back to take folks home. And that's done. So they were 
teaching against the Word. And, and what they were doing is they were upsetting the faith of some. Um, but look in verse 19. But God's firm foundation stands, bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are His. And let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. Everybody who, who knows God, who really knows God, get away from sin, get away from evil. Now, key in on this in ver- verse 20, because this is sort of where um, we're going to camp out. Um, now, in a great house... There are not only vessels of gold and, and, and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some for honorable use, some for dishonorable use. Now, gold and silver is saying it's for honorable use. Wood and clay is not. Now, let me share, show you something. Okay? Share and show. What are these? What's the difference in these forks. One's not gold. Gold is a yellow color. <laughs> One is a fish fork and the other is a salad. Very Bishop, why I love you. Okay. One is silverware, true silver. One is, is flatware. It's just sort of a stainless steel thing. They both can be used to eat with, right? Which costs more? The silver or the steel flatware? Why? It's silver. When you have nice guests at your house and you want to not, you might want to impress them, but you want to take care of them and do your best, what do you give them? This or this? You give them the silver. You give them the good stuff. Now, let me share a story about a family tradition of mine. The Walsh clan comes from Ireland. Ireland. And we used to have lots of land there. And there's Walsh Mountains that are there in the Kilkenny area. And we had much land, we had much wealth, and we ate off silver. We were the high class. And then a guy named Cromwell in the 1700s invaded. Well, the Walsh clan got, got, got together to defend our land. There were 700 men strong went up against this guy. And we lost. I'm not saying we lost like... We, uh, it was close. Um, 693 Walsh men were killed in the battle. There was no Walsh male. There was only seven Walsh boys aged 10 and up that were left. We were decimated. Right? That's pretty bad. But a tradition that has gone through my household, it went through my dad's, I'm not sure when it began. I was told it went back way back is that they lost all their land. They lost all their stuff. But somehow some of them were able to keep some of their silver. So every meal they ate at, they ate with silver to remember that they were special, that they were something, and and they weren't just discarded trash. Now, I like to eat with silver. It's something we even still do today. Uh, my wife gets mad at me because we can't put this in the dish washer. But it, re- it, it, it reminds me of where I came from. But it also, now it reminds me of what child of the king that I am. Um, the king of kings, right? You, you understand that? Now, let's look at this again. In verse 20. Now, in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. 
Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. Um, I want you to understand he's talking to the church here. The great house is a symbol of the, the church. In the church is made up of believers, right? The church is made up of believers. If you're an unbeliever, are you in the church? You can come into a church, but are you really in the church? No. So the great house are believers. And in the church, there are those, it says, that are living for an honorable life and those that aren't. There are those that are following God and when you do that, you are like the silver. But there are those that really don't really care. We don't, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm getting by. You know, I'm trying, but, you know, I, I tend to fall a lot. And, and uh, have you ever seen that before? Have we ever seen this before? This means yes, this means no. Have you ever seen friends who go to church, but you go, are, are, are you sure? Or, or they were doing well for a while, and then they are not? So it says, which, which do you want to be? One approved by God, who, which you would serve your finest to people to do your best when it is special or ordinary? Run a mill, ho-hum, let me just be like everybody else. Let me just get by. I'm just going to do it. It's no big, big deal. Or are you called to be special? Special of worth, because look at at what it says. Because you might say, "Well, you don't understand what I've done. You don't you don't know who I am. You don't know sins I've done, or ways that I've fallen, or ways that I've I've gone against God. You don't even know, and I don't know, and I, I don't need to know. But I do know what God has done for you, and I do know this: that God is big enough, no matter what. And the verse, the next verse, screams hope. It screams, so you're saying I have a chance. Okay, the dumb and dumber line. So, right, uh, when she says one in a, a million, he's saying, oh, so you're saying I have a chance. And I want you to know that you've got a chance. Look at the next line here when it says this. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, do you understand that you, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, you can turn away from what is, is against God and turn to God and and follow Him, and seek Him, and become useful to Him. And you might say, well, are you sure? Because really, you don't know what I've done. Turn to Psalms chapter 51. And this is a psalm of David. Now David is known as a man after God's own heart. Great man, wrote a lot, loved God, did great things for God, was a warrior for God, killed a big giant with a little stone, did all this stuff. But David also... He also saw a, a woman who he was, was not his wife but was married to someone else. He lusted after her. He went and had an affair with her. In order not to get caught, he killed her husband. And then he sort of got caught in the, the whole mess. Okay, so David has done a lot wrong. Um, I would probably say more than what you have done, I hope. Okay, anyways, he's writing this to God. He's pouring out his heart. 
But hear what he says in verse in chapter fifty-one, verse seven: "Purge me with his, his, his hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your holy spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold." me with a, a willing heart. Do you understand that God, when it says clean there, I want you to see the clean here in verse 7, where it says, um, purge me with his, his, his up and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be white as snow. Have you ever seen snow? Is it white? No. Don't eat yellow snow. Okay, right? Bishop, just to let you know. Some snow is It is, that's true. But when, it, when it's falling, it's usually white. Right? Okay. Look at this in verse 10. Create in me a what? A clean heart, O God. Now turn to 1 John chapter 1. And if you don't have a Bible, I think we've got it on the screen. Because you go, well, that's just an Old Testament story. Well, I want to see a New Testament truth here. Verse 6. 1 John 1. Verse 6, If we say we have fellowship with Him while we walk in darkness, we lie. We do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus His Son cleanses us from all sins. from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth, truth is not in us. If we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Cleanse, cleanse, cleanse. Do you understand? Turning to, to G, 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 Jesus Christ will cleanse you from your sin. Isn't that, isn't that a good thing? Do you understand that even if you've turned to Him and you're going, well, I go to church, but I'm just not getting it down right, do you understand that there's still a chance, there's still hope for you to get it right? And if you're, you're doing right, don't stop. Now, turn back to first, Second Timothy chapter 20. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, I want you to see if you cleanse, if you choose to do this. Look at these four things. If you if you do this, he will be one a vessel, one used for honorable use. You'll be used to do what's right. Do, do y'all like to do what's right? Man, I like it when I get it right. When I do what's right. Look at the next thing. He will be uh, uh, set apart as ho- 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 holy. You know the church word for that's sanctified. And you got to say it, sanctified, like that. Okay, sanctified means set apart. That God sets you apart. Okay, as holy as His, as to be used by Him. So if you turn away from just that junk, that sin, He will He will make you of honorable use. He will set you apart. And you'll be useful to the master of the house. Who's the ma- the ma- the master of the house? God. Sometimes we go, man. I don't know why, but God doesn't use me at all. I don't think He does. Well, are you are you cleansed? Are you of honorable use? Or are you of dishonorable use? And then it says, ready for every good work. And look at this next verse. And this is sort of where we're going to end tonight. It says this. Talks about the house, 
talks about to be cleansed. It says, So, because of all this, flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. If you want to be approved by God, understand that no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, there's hope for you even where you are right now. But understand this. You've got a choice. Flee evil and pursue what's right. Or you're going to flee what's right and pursue evil. Do you understand there's no in-between? If I'm running away from evil, it's the surfboard over there. Ah! Okay, if I'm running away from it, I'm running toward what is right, which is this this beanbag, um, right? And that. And so oh, I'm, fleeing, I'm fleeing what's right now because my ears hurt. And I'm, excuses, we always do dumb excuses. And we go to what's evil. We, we, we either flee from that one or flee from that one in pursuit. Do you understand there's no in-between? Oh, well, I'm just going to stand in the middle. You're not. You're either going towards evil or t- going towards what is right. The choice is yours. What is your life about? And what do you want it to be about? Over the next week or two, and then into the winter retreat, we're going to talk about being set apart. And what are things, what are the, um, when it says flee youthful passions, what are those things that get in the way? What are those things that get you in a rut where you are not clean before God? You might be a part of the church. You might be trying, but you are just falling and you've crashed. What are those things? Because we want to specifically talk about some helps on being pure and, and, and not allowing peers to, 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 to uh, affect what you do. And, and, um, and don't give up in the midst of all that, even if you're tired. Uh, and... and, and, and Garbage in, garbage out. What are you taking in that affects your life, that pulls you down? Set apart. My hope is that you want, man, you just go, man, I just want to be set apart for God. I just want to be set apart for His His glory. But it's going to cost you. You've got to flee from evil and pursue what is right. Let's pray. Dear God, we just come to You right now. I thank You so much um, for the gift of Your Son. God, that that, um, in the midst of where we are, uh, that You love us, that You have a plan for us, that You sent Your Son because You knew that we couldn't get there on our own. Guys, we talk about Your church and um, being useful or not. Lord, help us all want to be useful. God, help us to walk away, to let go of those things that cause us not to be. Help us to be bold and be brave enough so that we can be of honorable use, set apart, used by You for every good work. Help us to flee those things that we need to flee, but pursue the things we need to pursue. We just ask for Your help. I'm going to ask for all heads bowed, stay still and eyes closed. And if you're here tonight, I just want to be able to pray for you. And if you're here going, you know what? I think I'm in the church. Um, but man, I haven't been cleansed. I've got things in my life I've just got to turn away from and repent from and, 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 and pursue God. If that's you, I just want to be able to pray, pray for you. Just meet eyes with, with me. Put them right back now. Okay? Looking on, on my left, your right. Okay? Okay? Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, I see you. I see you. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. So I see that hand. All right, dear God, we thank you so much that you love us, that you have a plan for us, uh, that you don't leave us where we are. God, help, help, help us to want to be, first of all, just approved by, by you. Help the appro- appro- a- approval 
approvals of this world fall away compared to us wanting to be approved by You. God, help us each to be useful to You. God, help us to understand that no sin is too, too great, um, that, that You are big enough. Uh, and uh, help us to pursue You with all we have. We thank You for Your Son. Uh, and uh, His name we pray. Amen. So I'm going to ask you all t- 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 tonight, really think about going on that winter retreat. I think it's going to be a fantastic time. Now, if you can only go Friday night, that's okay. Cost of retreat is 25 bucks. We'll have a t-shirt done if you can only go that night.